This is Morning Air. This is about educating a people that for 40 years haven't been given the full truth. It's time now to speak the truth. When you do things to the best of your ability, keeping Jesus number one and doing everything you possibly can for His glory, that's a winner. You are called to make the light of Christ shine brightly in the world. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio. Four minutes after the hour, praise be Jesus Christ. It's Monday, November 8th. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for joining us on the Relevant Radio Network and the Relevant Radio app. It is great to be with you this morning to start your week. Mondays, traditionally, we pray for the holy souls in purgatory of our relatives and loved ones as we continue to do so here in the month of November. This is a special Monday. We could call this Monday Thankful Monday. Thank you, Relevant Radio family. Thank you, thank you, thank you for an unbelievable, a historic Join the Family Fall Pledge Drive. Absolutely amazing. At about 3.38 p.m. Central on Friday during the Drew Mariani Show, we reached $3 million. We had never done that before. In fact, we reached our goal during the Patrick Madrid Show, $2.7 million uh, in, in the morning. Again, just an incredible pledge drive, the, the all-time record in the history of relevant radio. The audience, which is you, my brothers and sisters, you're just absolutely amazing. Our Relevant Radio family continues to grow. Thank you for allowing us to uh, continue to bring Christ to the world through the media. The total, which stands as of this morning, and I'm going to see that it'll be going up and up uh, throughout the day, is uh, $3,401,275 raised during this pledge drive from 14,732 donations Every single donation counts and is so important from our relevant radio family. I want to bring in my partner, Glenn. Glenn, I am smiling from ear to ear. It's just, again, it's just hard to wrap around just how unbelievable, how amazing uh, this historic uh, fall pledge drive, this join the family pledge drive was, Glenn. Oh, it certainly was uh, just a fabulous week, John. And I tell you, having been here for each and every single pledge drive since the dawn of time at Relevant Radio here, uh, it is quite impressive. Uh, the first one or two, we didn't really even have a goal. Just ask people to give and, and see how we were doing. I remember the first time we hit $1 million, and that was uh, with a goal of 800000 And we had just a, a fabulous fall that year. But $3.4 million plus is quite amazing. Our goal was $2.7 million, so that uh, overrun from that uh, helps to pay down the mortgage, which uh, helps with interest and saves money so we can do more great things in the future. Just appreciate folks so much for their great generosity, truly the world's greatest audience, and think how much we inspire one another with that uh, beautiful gift of generosity that we had. Year-end giving time for so many, and if you missed out last week, perhaps you were gone and uh, would like to catch up with year-end giving to Relevant Radio, you can still do that online at relevantradio.com and at 877-291-0123. But even though we tossed that phone number out there, rest assured we're back to regular programming today, but we wanted to take a minute to thank you for your great generosity. Man, oh man, $3.4 million. That's just fabulous, John. It is absolutely amazing. 877-291-0123, the old-fashioned way, or you can give online at relevantradio.com or you can make a pledge through relevant radio and our app so 
Glenn, um, thank you again, and we'll check in with you next hour uh, for folks who may not be listening to us uh, as we speak. Thanks again. Hey, sounds good, John. We begin each hour always giving thanks to our Lord through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of life, and patroness of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, in this year of St. Joseph, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. As we also do every day, our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from John 17, 3. Jesus the Lord prays. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is a powerful verse. In fact, this verse begins the prologue in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. This is what it's all about, knowing our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, whom our Heavenly Father has sent. God our Savior desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus, as Scripture says. This is what Relevant Radio is all about bringing Christ to the world through the media. And with grateful hearts, we pray with great confidence, Jesus, I trust in you. Now we're going to switch gears and talk about uh, the financial markets. Our next guest believes that the life of a Christian is one of contradictions, and the same can definitely be said for the stock markets. In fact, on Friday, the U.S. stock market finished at a record high after a stronger-than-expected October jobs report. What drove the market is the question, and what does this mean for all of us? Joining us now with the latest on the financial markets from a Catholic perspective is longtime Morning Air contributor Billy Oliveri, the owner of Cynical Capital Management. Cynical is bridging the gap between traditional investing and digital assets. Good morning, Bill. Welcome back to Morning Amir. It's uh, great to be with you. Uh, thanks uh, so much uh, for joining us once again. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. Good, good seeing you again yesterday and for being uh, having opportunity to be on the show. Absolutely. That was uh, special. You know, Bill, I don't get to see too many uh, of our guests uh, in, in flesh, in, in, the, in person, in the flesh, I should say. And so running into you at Mass was fun. And, uh, and again, it kind of reminded me of uh, yesterday. I was actually thinking about you uh, during uh, the homily because obviously yesterday's gospel was about the, the widow's might and that we saw lots of widows uh, who gave the widow's might on Friday and this past week during the pledge drive in our uh, relevant radio joined the family pledge drive. So I think it's a, a little spiritual lesson about finances for all of us. Absolutely. So, you know, the life of a Christian is one of just contradictions, you know, and the same thing can be said about the stock market and the bond market. And here, you just said you made, you had received 14,732 donations, which raised 3.4 million which means that the average donation is $235.54, which is $19.63 a month. I mean, wow, you must have got things. an A in math, Bill, back in the day, because you're, you're literally right on the nose, according to our uh, computer-generated stats, right? right? About $236 uh, per gift. Amazing. Right. Well, 
thank goodness for Excel spreadsheet because I did it while you were talking to Glenn. Um, but, um, you know, so yesterday's reading was about the widow who was speaking with Elijah, who told him, I have nothing baked. There's only a handful of flour in my jar and a little oil in my jug. And when we have eaten it, my son and I shall surely die. But she obeyed, country, uh, he, she obeyed Elijah and she baked him a little cake. And then she ate for a year. That's another contradiction that we don't think we have enough in our jug or in our jar. Yet somehow we're able to just continue chipping away. And then the gospel reading, right, was yesterday was of the widow's mite. You know, she placed two small coins into the temple treasury. But because of the disposition of her heart and her great faith, the gospel tells us that she put more value in than all the other contributions combined. Not just the person next to her. Not just the ones that were ringing the temple treasury loudly when they were putting their coins in, but all the contributions combined. So I would think that there could be the number of people in the church, right, 600 at St. Catherine Library, or maybe it means the entire community of Catholics who contributed yesterday, that those few tokens given with great faith from the widow are, are worth more than we can possibly imagine. And so, again, this, this concept of these little prayers, like little donations, every little bead of a rosary, uh, you know, even my, my, I have a, if I can give a quick shout out to my friend Katie Monahan Brooks, who gets together with all her firefighter wives, I mean, the wives of firefighters who pray the rosary one little bead at a time for the safety of their husbands, uh, who, are, who are firefighters and first responders. So all these little things, these little crumbs, these little acts of love make really big things. And again, it's a contradiction because we want to do big things, right? And so we have to die to ourselves in order to truly live. We, we say that love is not a feeling to be felt, but a service to be learned. And then the Bible tells us that nothing good can come out of Nazareth, yet that's where our Lord came out of. So again, that's, that's part of the religious perspective that we have to think about, the spiritual uh, and, and faithful aspect of our lives, and know that that also carries over into our investment life. And so here we are, like you just said, the stock market uh, rallied to an all-time high. The fear and greed index is at an absolute 2021 low. But the stock market um, is really interesting because here we have an all-time high with an all-time low of 2021 in, in fear. Now, at the same time, the bond market, which is interest rates, which is highly correlated to the stock market, is in the opposite contradictory position. We have bonds kind of at a low this year. And the fear index is at an all-time 2021 high. So why are interest rates so fearful, but the stock market is so complacent, right? Contradiction. Not sure how it's going to play out. I think I do. It suggests more volatility coming down the road, but this is, again, a contradiction. Um, we have the stock market, again, trading at all-time highs, but we have global lockdowns, the pandemic. Australia is basically shut down, as, of, as most of Europe. How do we keep going higher in the spite of all these horrible economic things that are going on, the economic lockdowns, boom, contradiction. Last week, uh, maybe 10 days ago, we had some news where Zillow, like the online real estate uh, organization, basically has inside information, like millions of data points that they have uh, in their own proprietary model called Zen Estimates. Yet they just sold 7,000 houses at a loss because they were front-running and buying homes that they, based on their own Zillow estimates, and they were flipping them and turning them to make a profit. Yet here, the, the, one of the most popular, uh, active, famous real estate companies online can't even make money using their own data. Now, that is a total contradiction to me. Like that one, I'm still trying to figure it out. How can them, uh, Zillow, 
lose money doing that. And again, a contradiction. We have 200,000 businesses permanently closed down since, since January 2020, yet the market is making new highs. What's going on? How is that possible? Contradiction. Uh, crude oil just traded $84 a barrel. In August of 2020, it was a negative $40 a barrel, right? $40 below zero. Again, complete contradiction. So, you know, we just have to go forward and continue investing carefully, knowing that it's never going to, the stars are never going to line up where things are perfect. Things are just never going to be positive. There will always be contradiction in the marketplace. And we have to be aware of that and use caution. At the same time, we have to somehow use that to our advantage when things swing the other way. So, Again, the way the market is looking, I think it suggests more volatility going forward in the next year. And we have to be prepared to take advantage of that contradiction in the marketplace, John. We are talking about uh, contradictions and paradoxes in the markets, in the stock market, the bond market, uh, with our good friend Bill Uliveri, the principal of Senecal Capital Management. Uh, Bill, uh, let's talk about the, the, the stock market. Uh, how can the, the market, uh, in your opinion, make uh, new highs with everything that's going on right now? Well, I think it has to do with the fact that the Federal Reserve and the powers that be have been very accommodating in terms of providing liquidity and money to the stock market. Here we have much, much, much higher inflation, yet at the same time, it doesn't make sense from an economic standpoint. So what's probably happening is we just passed about a trillion to a trillion and a half infrastructure bill. I think uh, the government wanted three and a half trillion. We have a total of $9 trillion injected into the economy over the last couple of years when COVID began. That's really where it's coming down. So we have to understand that the stock market is completely different than the economy. And I know it doesn't make sense. It's another contradiction. But if the market truly reflected the economic activity underneath it, we would be 50% less than where we are, are right now. So the, Willow, the, the Wilshire 5000 index is about two and a half times higher than the economic engine that is driving the economy. And so again, this is this mental thing that we have to just get over that the market is rigged to go up that uh, like, what is a contradiction? It's like this underlying truth that's in opposition to our belief system. And we have to be aware of this. Absolutely. Because we have to be prudent investors, always looking for value at the same time. We can't, Always wait for the perfect time to invest. And I think it's just this global liquidity that is driving the stock market, which actually, which actually hurts most regular people like us um, because it makes asset prices. It makes the stock market go up. It makes used cars have a $10,000 market adjustment uh, you know, when you go to the dealership. It makes the cost of filling up our gas tank 50 or $60 a, a tank rather than $27 a tank just last year. So, you know, inflation is bad for us. It's bad for the average Joe, although it seems like we're getting richer. It seems like we're feeling better. But the truth is, uh, you know, my son works for a grocery store. Meat prices are going to be up 30%. It's getting harder and harder to find quality food on the shelves. And Thanksgiving, while we should be thankful for Thanksgiving and for those blessings we have, uh, it's going to be more expensive to serve our family. And we may be reaching for that jar of flour and jug of oil in order to keep our costs down uh, this Thanksgiving. 
Bill, can you talk a little bit about the importance of having a, a an eternal, even a spiritual perspective uh, with everything that's going on financially in our country? As you just mentioned, Thanksgiving, I was just thinking about Thanksgiving because uh, there's been reports that this could be the most expensive Thanksgiving of all time. And so when people hear this, how should we react as Catholic Christians? Well, I'm going to say something that might not be politically correct, but when I was on the trading floor, I was there on the trading floor for about 30 years, and the, my Jewish friends on the floor would joke around and say that the, the test of a true um, religious holiday is to see who brings the most expensive bottle of Cabernet. <laughs> and so that was sort of a joke, because it, it, like when, when the, a community gets together, that gets together for a cultural reason, and these were you know my friends, it was, it was a showmanship of who could bring like the best bottle of wine or the most fancy dessert. But for us, John, and for us Christians, we, we get together with our family and maybe we, we get the, the Aldi 9.99 bottle, $9.99 bottle of wine, but we're still here preparing for our family and we make it a Christ centered prayer focused Thanksgiving. And, you know, listen, I, I love to host friends over. We love to entertain. And the temptation is always to shoot the works and, and have fireworks and do amazing. But again, we have to do, uh, prepare our menu, set the table with love and humility and with, with, with reconciliation to our family members, especially now. Boy, oh boy, you know, we've had some very heated debates about what is going on in the world today. And even our own close family members, you know, there's a little bit of friction now that wasn't here a couple of years ago. And I'll leave it at that because you guys know what I'm talking about. But again, to just be open uh, and loving and, you know, we just sit around the table and just give thanks for these little gifts that we have uh, and the things that we perhaps have taken for granted over the last couple of years, last decade, actually. Absolutely. And especially our relevant radio family, our, our listeners, we have so much to, to be grateful for. Just for starters, our Catholic faith, which keeps us going despite the many challenges that we've had to deal with uh, for the last uh, 20 plus months. Uh, I'm reminded by uh, the words of Father Rocky, who always uh, says that, you know, that we should always be grateful in everything, in all circumstances, which he's basically just echoing St. Paul. But it's just such a reminder. We have to be thankful. And this morning, on this Monday morning, I was joking with Glenn, hey, what can we call this Monday? We got to call it a thankful Monday because after this historic pledge drive, we have nowhere, nowhere else to go but say thank you, thank you, thank you. Right. It is, it is such a blessing. And actually, just in, in preparation for the conversation with you, Morning John, that completely, I, you know, I feel like I'm doing it all wrong because I tend to save up during the year and, and give a donation to Relevant Radio at the very end because I want it to be big. I want it to be worthy of you guys, right? Worthy of me. This is the donation. Robust. And, and, and it's these small ones that just that keep the engine going. It's, it's just, I, I'm humbled to know you, honestly. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, Bill, uh, you're too kind, believe me. Um, I, I really do appreciate the, the spiritual uh, perspective that you bring to our finances, because after all, our Lord Jesus in Scripture has a lot to say about money. And money says a lot about our character, about what's in our heart, where your heart is, is your treasure, as Jesus says. Right, right. I would say the love of money is the root of all evil. So the love of money, money is what... The, the love, love of, of money. money. Right? So, it's the love. Not money, but the love of money. Right, right. And, you know, and this is interesting because this makes us, it makes me think about, well, what is money? Is money the paper dollar bill? Is it the, what it takes to 
to acquire these numbers on my in my checking account? Is it actually owning physical silver and gold? Is it Bitcoin? Like I know I, I don't want to go off too much on a tangent, but what is money and why is love of money that that scorecard so important uh, that it'll, you know that that St. Paul had to talk about that? I think at the end of the day, it's if we make money an idol, if we make it more important than the Lord, then that's when we're getting into into problems. A final minute, uh, Bill, uh, a quick thought on what you see happening in the market uh, the rest of the year. Well, again, I I think that the market traditionally is a little bit strong uh, in the November, December time period. But based again, what I see, I think we're going to have more contradictions where uh, the market will become more volatile rather than complacent. There's going to be a switch between stocks and bonds in the, in the fear and greed index. I believe that we're going to, you know, again, possibly see some fireworks in 2022. And we have to, again, set up our accounts so that we dollar cost average, like these little rosary beads, little contributions every single month over time. And we're going to wake up one day and say, wow, I, I can retire now. Or look at that account. Look at that. I made ends meet. I only have a little oil in my jug and a little flour in my jar, yet I have enough to take care of myself and my family in retirement. Uh, you know, speaking of widows, something I came across is that the average age of a widow in the United States is between 55 and 62 years of age. Here's another contradiction. So let's pray for widows. Uh, because, you know, I, in my mind, I think of the ones at the church that are in their 70s and 80s and 90s. But no. Very young, vibrant uh, women are becoming widows uh, in the United States, and it's, it just breaks my heart. It really does. Absolutely. We, we will uh, keep uh, those younger widows uh, in our prayers. Uh, Bill, as always, uh, appreciated. Uh, real quickly, where can our listeners find you if they want to reach out to you? Uh, they can go to our website at SenecaCapital.com or reach out to us on the phone and leave a message at 847 847- 686-4800. That's 847-686-4800. Thanks again, Bill. Many blessings to you on this Monday morning. Thanks again. Thank you, John. Bill Uliveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management, senecalcapital.com. We need to take a, a short break when Morning Air continues. Eric Shadler, the executive director of the Pro-Life Action League, is going to be with us to give us an update on the upcoming Dobbs Supreme Court case that could overturn Roe v. Wade in ways that we can get involved. Stay with us. There's much more coming up here this hour on Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. <laughs> Get connected to the conversation. Call us now at 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You're listening to Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 29 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Monday morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you again, in case you missed our comments at the top of the show, for an incredibly historic join the family fall pledge drive. Unbelievable response by all of you, our family, our listeners. Again, thank you so much. Uh, you, you allow us to continue to bring Christ to the world through the media. The total right now uh, is amazing. Uh, over uh, $3,400,000 donations uh, in this, this past week uh, during our pledge drive, over $4 
14,700 gifts from our relevant radio family. Uh, the all-time record. We've never had uh, this kind of a pledge drive ever in the history of relevant radio. If for whatever reason, if you were uh, in Alaska or uh, you're uh, out in a jungle somewhere and you missed last week's pledge drive, you can still uh, join the family. You can still make a tax-deductible donation uh, by giving us a call the old-fashioned way, 877-291-0123, or you can uh, give online at relevantradio.com or make a pledge through the Relevant Radio app. Again, uh, we have incredible gratitude here on this Monday morning. I just, I just can't believe uh, just how generous uh, you, our listeners, our Relevant Radio family, uh, were last week. Our number, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Now, on Wednesday, December 1st, the U.S. Supreme Court will hear arguments in the case of Dobbs versus Jackson. There are many legal scholars on both sides of the abortion issue that uh, agree that this could be the case that finally overturns Roe v. Wade after nearly 50 years. What should Catholics and other Christians and pro-lifers be doing in response. Joining us now is Eric Scheidler with an update on the Dobbs case and how to get involved in pro-life activism. Eric is the executive director of the Pro-Life Action League, which is based in Chicago. Eric speaks frequently on pro-life activism, religious liberty, marriage, and the family to audiences across our country and, of course, is a regular contributor to Morning Air. Good morning, Eric. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Always great to be with you. Good morning, John. It's especially good to be with you when there's so much cause for hope in the pro-life movement right now. Absolutely, there really is. Uh, there, there is. A, there's a buzz. There's there's an excitement, and uh, I, I think that, that a lot of people are praying um, for this Supreme Court case coming up here in December. Uh, can you can you talk about how uh, we all have a, a role uh, in? this upcoming historic Dobbs versus Jackson Supreme Court case? Well, John, you've, you've already hinted at it. Um, it is prayer. The, the first role, and, I, and I'll, I'll lay out a few things people can do, but number one is prayer. To be praying for the court, to be praying for the, uh, the, the pro-life attorneys, Lynn Finch, the Attorney General of Mississippi. Uh, maybe we should back up just a little bit and explain to people that this, law, this case that could overturn Roe v. Wade comes out of Mississippi, where... The state of Mississippi passed a, a law that would ban abortion after 15 weeks, and they when it deliberately were, were hoping this would be a challenge to Roe versus Wade and go up to the Supreme Court, and and uh, we that's so that's what we're praying for is that uh, uh, that Lynn Finch will do a great job that all the the assistants and attorneys are, are going to be helping her will be, be you know have a truth in front of them and, and the right words will come to their mouths they'll be articulate before the court. And also praying for the justices. And in fact, we have set up a website, overturnroad.org, where you can sign up to pray for the court, to pledge your prayers, and we will assign a Supreme Court justice to you. It could be Neil Gorsuch, it could be Sonia Sotomayor, it could be Clarence Thomas, any of the other justices, because we want every single one of them, even the ones who we know are, are unlikely to be with us, who are you know either lean or are, are very pro-abortion, um, because even they, uh, for you know, if, if we can't pray for them to be brought over to our side, maybe our prayers will lead them to be less capable of writing a good dissent that will you know that will that will sh- really shore up a 
ruling in our favor at the end, you know, confounding the enemy, as it were. So we need those prayers, and that's number one, is to go to the overturnroad.org website and get your justice so that you can be praying for that justice, not just from now on until the Supreme Court hears this case on December 1st, but after that, because it's, you know, it's after the oral arguments that they get together in conference and they come to a ruling, and then they write their opinions, the majority opinion, the dissenting opinion, and then that ruling comes out in June. So we're asking people to pray for quite a few months. This is a long prayer commitment, but we desperately need it because this is the moment we've been waiting for. So number one is prayer. Number two is education. We need to educate our fellow Americans, including our fellow Catholics, on what's at stake here, on what Roe v. Wade is really all about. Because so many people don't know. You know, we see surveys all the time saying the American people support Roe versus Wade and uh, the abortion advocates will bring that up. They'll show the surveys. They'll talk about the data there. But what's not talked about is that when people say they're in favor of Roe v. Wade, other surveys show that the things Roe v. Wade actually allows, the incredibly broad abortion license carved out by Roe v. Wade and its companion case decided the same day called Doe v. Bolton, at how broad of an abortion license that is. So for example, most people say they don't like to see abortion used as birth control, and they're just kind of lazily not taking responsibility, and then if you get pregnant, you get an abortion. They don't like to see abortion used for sex selection, and we don't want a girl, so we're going to get an abortion. Or to abort a child with Down syndrome. Abortion of disabled children is something people very much oppose. They oppose late-term abortion. They oppose abortion after the baby can feel pain or after the baby has a heartbeat. They don't like uh, ab- abortion... Um, in, 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 in cases where, um, uh, you know, there, there's a, a marriage, for example. It's, 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 so there's so many ways that people really don't approve of what's actually allowed under Roe v.s. way. But when, when a pollster asks them about Roe, they've been so indoctrinated by propaganda, they, they say, yes, we support Roe. What they mean is, I don't really want to tell a woman early in pregnancy who's under a tough situation that she can't get an abortion to kind of get her life back on track. Um, so what we need to do is is educate people about Ro- what Roe versus Wade actually says, how far it goes in, in a license of abortion. So we've put together a flyer called Roe versus Wade, What's at Stake, that people can pass out. That's available also at that website, overturnroe.org, so that you can pass that out to your friends and neighbors and even people who are pro-life but aren't really committed to doing anything much, to your pro-choice friends, to people who are kind of on the fence, and educate them about how broad an abortion license there is. You know, over 800,000 abortions every year. There's about 2,600 abortions every single day in the United States. When people learn the facts, that really shocks them. People don't know that. People, the average person, if you walk down, uh, you know, uh, Michigan Avenue or downtown Manhattan with a microphone and ask people uh, how many abortions happen in the United States every day, the average person has no idea. Oh, they really don't. And they don't know how many late-term abortions there are. You know, we, all we ever hear is how rare it is, how very rare it is. And yeah, I guess mathematically. But if you look at the actual numbers, I mean, we're talking 10,000-plus 10, 10, late, late-term abortions every year. That's just horrifying. That's, that's hundreds every single day. So that's such an important role for us because the mainstream media is not going to do it, are they? You know, not everybody listens to a program like this, John. So we need to be educating people ourselves, hand-to-hand, person-to-person. And that's, uh, that's what we're trying to help people do at overturnroad.org, this uh, pro-life coalition website we put together for this project. 
And then number three is to, is to get out and rally, to be there in person, um, not necessarily just in Washington, D.C. I really see this as a moment for the entire pro-life movement to come together and to take part, really to take part in history. I don't want to see only those who can get to Washington, D.C. on December 1st for this historic hearing uh, the only ones who are able to take part in it. So we are organizing prayer rallies outside of federal courthouses or city halls or state capitals, wherever people want to gather. Uh, we'll provide signs and we'll provide the Roe versus Wade literature I was just talking about so that we can be a public face for for this effort and so that the media in in small towns around the, the country and in cities around the country, Akron, Ohio, or, or, or you know, uh, San Antonio, or wherever it might be, they will see that the, the pro-life people are out and they're speaking up on behalf of this. Because, you know, we know that the Supreme Court is supposed to be totally independent of any kind of outside influence. But we also know that back in 1992, there was a chance to overturn Roe versus Wade and it almost happened. Justice Kennedy changed his vote, we understand, and sided with the pro-abortion majority and abortion, you know, abortion remained legal. Roe versus Wade remained the, the precedent. Um, because of that change, and he did that because he was concerned that people would not be able to get by without abortion, that there would be rioting in the streets, that it would be too much mayhem. We need to show the Supreme Court, number one, the American people have never accepted Roe versus Wade. We've been fighting against it right from the beginning. And number two, we are ready for it to be overturned. We want to kind of tell the Supreme Court, we've got your back. Don't be afraid to make a bold, bold decision. Don't just uphold the Mississippi law. We kind of expect them to do that since they took this case when nobody knows. But, but go farther than that. Overturn Roe versus Wade. Return this issue to the people for them to decide state by state. And don't worry, we're going to, we're going to support you in this. Uh, it's going to be okay. Let's make this next step. Let's boldly step forward and trust and make our country a better place by, by removing that horrible precedent that just refuses to let the states of our country defend the lives of unborn children the way they deserve. Our guest this morning, Eric Scheidler, Executive Director of the Pro-Life Action League. We're getting an update uh, on the upcoming uh, Dobbs case and learning all about this fabulous new website, uh, overturnrow.org, with many, many tools that at our disposal as pro-lifers uh, that reminds us of the importance of prayer, education, and action. Uh, Eric, talk a little bit about this coalition. I mean, we're talking about a lot of different groups coming together for this common cause. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're working very closely with uh, Citizens for a Pro-Life Society and with a group called Created Equal out of Ohio. And there are so many groups that are doing things. I mean, Students for Life of America has a, a bus tour that's going from, from Jackson, Mississippi, where the case started all the way to Washington, D.C., traveling through the South. Uh, Created Equal is doing some, some other touring through the South. Um, We've got uh, Susan B. Anthony List has, uh, has been rallying people with prayers and the Alliance Defending Freedom is hosting events in Washington, D.C. It's really been exciting to see, especially after, you know, almost two years of a kind of a quiet pro-life movement with the, with the pandemic and the lockdown and all the uncertainty there. It's like the pro-life movement is just coming back to life in this very beautiful way. And this case is what we're rallying around. And I got to tell you, I've never been so excited. You know, for somebody who lives in the state of Illinois that just saw the repeal of our parental notice law. This is just a real shot in the arm of encouragement that there is hope for us 
if we will stand together, if we'll all do our part, all do our part to pray, to educate, to rally, uh, to, you know, to make a gift to one of those pro-life organizations that is out there working on this, to be a part of this historic moment. Absolutely. And uh, I, I think that uh, in this day and age, more more than ever before, it's so critical for all these different pro-life groups to come together. You know, in the past, I've heard uh, some uh, critique of the pro-life movement in that there's too many people doing their own thing and people weren't working together enough. I think that now we're seeing people actually coming together with all these different national groups uh, here uh, in anticipation of uh, possibly overturning Roe v. Wade. Yes, you know, um, I've I've heard and been been part of some of those same criticisms too. Um, you know, it, 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 I think part of that comes from the fact that it's just been such a difficult battle for so long, and nobody knows quite what's going to work. You know, we've got to educate the people, we've got to fight for legislation, we've got to let candidates, we've got to get into schools, we've got to talk to the media, we've got to do civil counseling, we've got to help women in pregnancy centers. So there's so much to do. There's so much to do, and it's such a vast country. And I think in some ways it's a strength of the pro-life movement that there are so many large and small and medium-sized organizations. You know, when my dad got involved back in the 1970s, there were very few pro-life organizations, and now there are hundreds of them across the country. Yeah, that makes it hard to coordinate and cooperate with each other, but it also means that there are countless opportunities for people who are listening to this program to get involved in their own community, to be a part of this, not just now, but going forward. And every single one of us can make a difference in our own respective way. Not everybody's called to be a pro-life uh, pioneer and giant like your dad, the, the late, great uh, Joe Shidler, but every one of us can do our little part. My dad, my dad used to say, do something pro-life every day. That was one of his mottos, and uh, now is our time to live like that like never before. Absolutely. Uh, Eric, we need to take a, a, a short break, but we're going to continue uh, chatting. I, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the actual case, uh, just a few of the basics and some of the possible outcomes uh, from Dobbs versus Jackson. But uh, first, we need to take a, a short break. We continue our conversation with Eric Schaller, the executive director of the Pro-Life Action League. Stay with us. There's more to come after this. From Maui to Maine, you're listening to Morning Air with John Morales. Get connected to the conversation. Call us now, 888-914-9149. You're listening to Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 47 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Thanks for being with us here on a Monday morning as we continue our conversation with Eric Scheidler, the executive director of the Pro-Life Action League. We're talking about the upcoming Dobb case and how we can get involved as Catholics and other Christians. Uh, Eric, welcome back. Great, great to be with you as always, John. Eric, uh, can you kind of give us a, a, a brief summary uh, of this case for folks that uh, they've heard about it because a lot of people have been talking about it, but they don't really know uh, some of the important yeah. details and also your take on uh, what you see as the possible outcomes? Yeah, well, you know, this case was, um, this law, I should say, from Mississippi was specifically designed to challenge Roe versus Wade, and that's one of the reasons they picked that marker of 15 weeks. Um, and it should be noted that most of the, of the developed world has abortion laws that are that strict. And, and of course, not strict enough for any of us. We want to see every child welcome. But, you know, in countries like France, or Italy, Germany, uh, abortion is not allowed so far in, late into pregnancy as it is here in the United States, so incredibly broadly. 
And so they designed a, this this uh, bill and to really challenge Roe versus Wade to push back against what's called the undue burden standard. Now, when Roe versus Wade was was ruled and its commanding case Doe versus Bolton back in 1973, the court said that the state has no business interfering with uh, a, a woman's choice of abortion early in pregnancy. Later in pregnancy, in the second trimester, they kind of made up. We think that's a medical term, trimester, as if doctors said, no, no, trimesters are not medical. They're totally made up by the United States Supreme Court. First third of the pregnancy, second third, fourth, uh, third third. And the, in the second trimester, maybe there's some interest the state could jump in and, and restrict. And, and then in the third trimester, it's a little bit more. Uh, but such a broad health exception that really abortion is allowed all through nine months of pregnancy in, in states like New Mexico and 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 in Maryland, we're seeing abortions actually done very late into pregnancy, the 32nd week even. Um, you know, so a child is very large and fully formed, and they'll still rip it limb from limb or, um, and then take it out of the most body dead. Um, so but in 1992, another case came along, the case I mentioned before where Anthony Kennedy might have changed his vote and, and, uh, and, and, and overturned Roe versus Wade. Well, that case set up something called the undue burden standard that says that no restriction, whether it's you know, parental involvement law or taxpayer funding or informed consent or something like that, none of these measures can place an undue burden on a woman. So it still should be easy for her to get an abortion. But what the Supreme Court has said that means is, is, is pretty tight. It's been very difficult to in any way limit abortion along with the, the uh will of the people. So our abortion policy is so far out of step with what the American people actually want to see. So what they're, what they're counting on is that the Supreme Court would see this, this, you know, this law as a real vital challenge to this undue burden standard and revisit that question. So, and this is all very complicated stuff. I really encourage people to do a little bit of research. You know, if you follow my Facebook page, uh, I've got a, a page at, at, on Facebook, Eric J. Scheidler. If you follow my page, I post articles frequently um, to give people a little bit more education, kind of go beyond the 101 level to a little more of a, an in-depth analysis. So we expect really three different possibilities in an outcome here. Number one would be for them to simply overturn the Mississippi law and say, no, we're sticking with the undue burden. We're not changing anything. You cannot protect the lives of children after 15 weeks in the state of Mississippi, you have to allow abortion all the way on into the, you know, 24, 26 weeks is where they've typically allowed states to, to start to restrict it. And some states have, have bans like that. Uh, we don't really expect that, though, because why would they have taken the case? Um, why would four justices of at least have wanted to take this case? Because that's what it requires. If all they were going to do was simply uphold the lower courts, because this law has been blocked by the lower courts. So why would they take this case if that's all they were going to do? They still could do that, though. We'll see what, we'll see what we get in the end. Um, so the second possibility is that they would find a way to uphold the Mississippi law. Uh, so allow states that are you know, more pro-life states like Oklahoma or Ohio or Texas to follow suit with Mississippi and ban abortion after about 15 weeks. And then we'd have to find another case that would push it back farther and continue this battle that's been going on for nearly 50 years to overturn Roe versus Wade. And that's a, a possible outcome. But there's another outcome that's possible. And if you look at the writing of uh, great Catholic uh, legal scholars like Robbie George at Princeton University, he makes the case very strongly that, that this is what they most logically should do, would be to overturn Roe versus Wade. 
Because if they don't overturn Roe v. Wade, they've got to find some other way of justifying abortion, um, you know, before 15 weeks gestation, that they could establish that right in. What's the foundation going to be? So you'd have justices that want to restrict abortion this much, that want to allow Mississippi's law to go forward. And then it would be their job to also uphold abortion in all these states after 15 weeks. So would they really logically be able to do that? Would they be willing to do that? So the third possibility is that they would overturn Roe versus Wade. And it's very important people understand what that would mean. That does not mean that abortion is banned in the United States, not by a long shot. What that simply means is that this issue would once again become a matter of the democratic process. Uh, Some of us have been saying it's a kind of battle for freedom of choice, the freedom of the citizens of a state like Mississippi or Texas or Ohio or even Illinois to say no, unbridled abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy for any reason whatsoever, sex-selective abortion, abortion of disabled children, you know, we're we're not going to allow that. We're going to allow it. It's up to the people then to decide where they stand on on that policy to have some common sense. You know, not everybody's with us. We know that on this issue. But most Americans don't want to see young girls getting abortion without their parents knowing about it. They don't want to pay for abortions with their tax dollars. They don't want to see abortions late in pregnancy. It would allow the state, state by state, to establish an abortion policy that they choose as a state and coming together and electing the people they want to pass the laws that they want. And that'll mean that some states are going to ban abortion much more. Some states maybe will go so far as to ban it completely. Uh, we'll have to see if they'll have the, the courage to actually do that when they're allowed to by the court. Some states, obviously, like the state of Illinois, where I live, you live, are going to continue expanding abortion. We've got the most expansive abortion laws in the entire country in the state of Illinois right now, to our great shame. But then our task would be to go state by state by state and make our case to the people that we need to stop this injustice. We need to stop this violence against our most innocent and fragile and vulnerable brothers and sisters, the child in the womb. We can make that case state by state by state. I know it will take a long time, but if Roe v. Wade is overturned, we will turn this into a pro-life nation. Eric, uh, real quickly, we're running out of time. How much of a factor will science be uh, in the justice's decision? And where do you see the justices at right as we speak right now? Well, we have so much more evidence about the richness of life in the womb than we knew in 1973. Those 3D ultrasound pictures that we've all seen, the information about how a child can recognize its mother's voice when she speaks or sings to him how an unborn baby can react to what the mother is eating. You know, the the life of the child in the womb has been revealed over the past almost 50 years, and that's going to play a critical role. I think the justices are are ready to listen to those arguments. And I'm going to say it, John, I think they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade. I can't believe I'm saying that because I never thought I would say those words. To some people, it seems almost unthinkable. We've been waiting almost half a century uh, for this day to come, uh, but uh, uh, it's in the Lord's hands. Lots of prayer still needed. Uh, We need to uh, continue to pray uh, for the justices, pray for the attorneys, pray for the right decision to be made. Eric, as always, uh, thank you so much uh, for your expertise and your insights. Thank you, John, and I just encourage everyone to visit overturnroad.org and find out how you can be a part of this historic effort. 
Absolutely. And much more also on Facebook at Eric J. Scheidler, his Facebook page. Thanks so much, Eric. Eric Scheidler, Executive Director of the Pro-Life Action League and a regular contributor to Morning Air. And now it's time for yet another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called Bummer Lamb. It's by Barbara Hearn. Every once in a while, a ewe will give birth to a lamb and reject it. There are many reasons that she may do this. If the lamb is returned to the ewe, the mother may even kick the poor animal away. Once a ewe rejects one of her lambs, she'll never change her mind. These little lambs will hang their heads so low it looks like something is wrong with their neck. Their spirit is broken. These lambs are called bummer lambs. Unless the shepherd intervenes, the lamb will die, rejected and alone. So do you know what the shepherd does? He takes that rejected little one into his home, hand feeds it and keeps it warm by the fire. He'll wrap it with blankets and hold it to his chest so the bummer can hear his heartbeat. Once the lamb is strong enough, the shepherd will place it back in the field with the rest of the flock. But that sheep never forgets how the shepherd cared for him when his mother rejected him. When the shepherd calls for the flock, guess who runs to him first? That's right, the bummer sheep. He knows his voice intimately. It's not that the bummer lamb is loved more, it just knows intimately the one who loves it and has experienced that love one-on-one. -on -one. So many of us are bummer lambs rejected and broken, but he is the good shepherd. He cares for our every needs and holds us close to his heart so we can hear his heartbeats. I am a bummer lamb adopted and loved by the good shepherd. Matthew 18, 12 through 14. If a man has a hundred sheep and one goes astray, will he not leave the ninety-nine in the hills and go in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen, I say to you, he rejoices more over it than the ninety-nine that did not stray. In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost. Thanks so much, Glenn. Coming up next hour, our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, will be with us to talk about the Penitential Act in Mass. And Danielle Bean, brand manager at CatholicMom.com, will tell us what it means to foster a childlike faith. I also want to uh, remind you that uh, we are so grateful here on this Monday morning. Almost forgot to mention this. Uh, we're so grateful because really history was made. The biggest pledge drive we've ever had last week, uh, the Join the Family Pledge Drive. Never before in our history have we ever uh, seen such uh, incredible uh, response from our listeners. No doubt our Blessed Mother interceded for us uh, like never before and um, definitely was working behind the scenes, uh, over $3.4 million in total donations, 14,000 donations from our listeners. Uh, we're so thankful. If you haven't had a chance to do it for whatever reason, you can still do it and donate at 877-291-0123, or you can give online at relevantradio.com or make a pledge on the app at the Relevant Radio app. Appreciate it so much. You are the best. More to come after this.